Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Gabe Ramirez here on 670 The Score. Ah, what a time to be alive. Uh, get an opportunity before Thanksgiving to talk about what we're grateful for. A football team that is close, so says Matt Eberflus, um, but a baseball team that is even closer. That is who we get to talk to because if you want to watch these Cubs on the other side of their rebuild, then you got to talk to their season ticket people. This is a fact. And uh, right now, we get an opportunity to talk to just that. Someone that operates, runs, and is most certainly at the forefront of what it is and what it needs to be to have some season tickets. It is our Cubs guy right now. Uh, so, Is it Hub Arkish? is a season ticket Kale, holder, no, no, right? No. Hub is a season have been for many years. I know. <laughs> like, and when we say many, we mean well, hundred. Talk, talk to me. <laughs> talk to me about that process. Like when you were trying to decide whether to be or not to be, what was it like for you, Hub? I, I was raised to be part of Cubs. You know, Cubdom. Whatever. Yes. Uh, grew up in Rogers Park, and we lived uh, about three blocks from the L that went right over to Wrigley Field. And so when I was seven, my brother was eight. We're, we're like a little more than a year apart. We were allowed to get on the train and start going to Cubs games. A big thing in our family was my my grandfather, my mom's dad, would take all of the cousins and, and all of his you know kids to a Cubs game like two or three times a year. And so this started when I was literally you know seven years old. And by the time I got out of high school and got a job, I think I thought, you know, I'm tired of going to the game and not having a ticket. So let's just, you know, get this. And in those days, they were affordable. Yeah. You know, they're not anymore. those days. Yeah. Grandfathered. <laughs> yes. So, yeah. I've been a Cubs ticket holder for, you know, I guess, what would that be? Almost 50 years? Well, now? this guy doesn't need to call you. Uh, that's for certain. It is the Cubs Senior Vice President of Ticketing. His name is Kale Venom. He's joining the show right now. Kale, what's up, man? Welcome to the show. Hey, thanks for having me on, guys. I really appreciate it. Of course. Now, let's be honest. T- talk to me about like let's be honest. like most people think Cubs tickets are already sold out. 
right? Like they they, they think, hey man, if I'm gonna get a ticket, it's difficult. These things are sold out. Like, but you are here to tell us about not only you know what's going on with the Cubs, but the but the availability of tickets. Yeah, you know the Cubs Cubs season tickets are one of the hardest tickets in town, and and it has been a hard ticket to get, but. You know, we're really excited that um, we've made some smaller plans available this year. We've got season ticket games starting as low as uh, as 20 games. And fans can go to Cubs.com slash season tickets right now. And, and we've got some season tickets available. Talk to me about, like, um, I mean, obviously there's different ticket plans, right? Like someone wants to buy a single ticket, that's one thing. But there are other options. Tell me what those are. Yeah, so, you know, for years it's only been kind of a full-season ticket. And, you know, it's tough. You know, we work there and stuff to go to 81 games. And, um, you know, even with a really great team that we're expecting next year. So we've made a big effort over the past couple of years. We've got uh, 40-game and 20-game plans now. And so, you know, there's a there's a plan out there for everyone. So if you're a really big fan but you know you can't make it to all 81, uh, we've got a plan out there for you. It's interesting, and I, I love the plans. I love that you guys are being amenable to all that. But what does happen once the Cubs sign Shohei Otani? Like, do you think Prices that they, go up. will they Girl, all? Will how fast will all those wonderful plans that you guys have put together be gobbled up when the Bears sign Shohei Otani? And, and feel free to break that. Cubs, 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 Cubs. Oh, what did I say? Cubs, I said the Bears. And that'd be a lot of fun, wouldn't it? Uh, <laughs> yeah, I think they'll. I think they'll go pretty quick. I think we saw that on the other side of town with Connor Bedard that. The things went pretty quick when a when a big new talent came into town. But look, this team's been really good at the end of the year last year with with the folks that we had on the field, and I think you know everybody's really excited for for opening day. And uh, yeah, we'll see what the off season brings. What I'm really curious about at the moment is something that has happened. How much has your phone been ringing off the hook since Cousins was signed? <laughs> Not not too much, but the Craig Council news Council, was big. Yeah. Council, yeah, that's what he, I think that's what Hub meant. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. There we go. Did. There we go. Yeah, no, Craig Council was big news. I think our fans are really excited. I think, you know, it really showed that the team's going for it and, you know, making a big move early in the off season. And, uh, yeah, absolutely, the phone started lighting up. And, and we've heard a lot of good feedback from our fans that they're excited to have Craig Council there next year. Talking to Kale Venom from the Chicago Cubs, the Senior Vice President of Ticketing here on 670 The Score. I'm Gabe Ramirez. That's how Barkish, along with Mark Grody. I mean, talk to me, Kale, about, you know, obviously most people, like like I'm a Chicagoan, right? And I think to myself, all right, man, I can't I can't afford season tickets, but 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 there are other options available. Like talk to me about what those are for the casual person that's not necessarily buying the whole season ticket package. Yeah, you know, I mean, look, we've we've had you know tickets starting as little as nine dollars for for games for years now, and we will again next year. And so there's there's options out there for everyone. So if you want to go all out and you want to sit in the you know the nineteen fourteen club in the front row, we've got that experience for you. But if you want to come out and you know take in a game in the bleachers, we've got we've got that as well. And so you know that's a lot of the idea with having this twenty game season ticket plan. A lot of people they want to be a season ticket holder, they want to be part of that community and, and show their support for the team, but. 81 games did feel out of reach, whether it was, you know, how much it cost or just how often you had to be at the ballpark. And so, you know, to have a plan that's available to say, hey, I can be a season ticket holder. I know I've got access to playoff games when when those come around, hopefully at the end of the season. Um, you know, that's a really big deal. And to have that at an accessible number of games, um, we're excited to offer that next year. Yeah, Cubs.com slash season tickets. That's where you can go right now to pick out whatever plan that suits your uh, particular Cubs needs. And there, there are most, I mean, you can, you can get a single ticket, you can get uh, the 20 ticket plan. Like we mentioned, 
and you want to get it before you know things get hot out there, Kale. I mean, what can you say about uh, Cubdom from last year, or just the last couple of years, and 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 how it's snowballing into this current season? I mean, I think you've seen it every year since COVID, right? You know, every everyone had a little bit of a step back after after the pandemic, but. Every year since we've come back to full capacity, you've seen more and more fans come into Rigby Field. And, you know, last year was a tough ending. We all felt it. And, and I think you've heard Tom and Jed and everyone else say that it wasn't, you know, we're not throwing any parades for coming close. But I think you saw the team on the field. There's a really good core that's coming together. You've got a bunch of these young guys coming up at the same time. And I think everybody's really optimistic about what next season could be. So, you know, we're, we're hearing it on our side this offseason. We're getting tons of phone calls of, of people looking to get season tickets and looking to get into Wrigley Field next year. And, and I think it's going to be a really packed house at Wrigley next year. And excited to see what the team can do on the field. Hey, Kale, you just said something that I wasn't aware of. I, I, I want to make sure I heard it right. So if you buy one of the partial plans, like 20 games or 30 games or whatever, does that guarantee you, obviously not every playoff game, but does that guarantee you the right to buy Great playoff question. tickets as well? Yeah, yeah. All of our season ticket holders are going to have access to postseason tickets. So you're right. You know, if you get the 20-game plan, you're going to get, you know, games in the first couple rounds. And if you get the full season package, you're going to get all the games. But I think everyone's starting to look ahead to to next year and thinking about, hey, are we going to be playing in October? And and what do I need to do to make sure I've got my seat when that happens? Because, you know, Cubs tickets are hot as they are. But but when it comes to October baseball at Wrigley, there's really not anything quite like it, um, you know, even in Chicago. So, I think to know that you've got your seat uh, at Wrigley Field in October when that time comes, it's a it's a pretty valuable thing to have. We're talking to Kale Venom, Senior Vice President of Ticketing here on Chicago Sports Radio 670 The Score, Gabe Ramirez, Hub Arkish, Mark Grody. Give me a, a last-second pitch, right? I mean, I think I, I, I watch a lot of salespeople on TikTok. Like, what are the sales? How do you get them in here? But give me your, you know, give me your, your 670 pitch to those that are out there, right? I mean, there are people that, that grab single-game tickets, right, and they don't necessarily understand or can grasp the concept of calling in and being able to dictate what it is that you want to see during the season. Yeah, and maybe I need to go watch some of your TikTok videos. I didn't know they had good sales videos out there. I need to do my <laughs> I'll, research. I'll forward them bit, to you. I'll forward them to you, Kale. Don't worry I about it. I appreciate that. No, I appreciate that. Look, I think, you know, being a season big holder is part of being a family. And I think, you know, Cubs fans are diehard. We heard Hub's story about, you know, being a season big holder and, and coming to games since he was six, seven years old. And I think that's what it's all about. And so I think being part of that family and, and knowing that you've got your spot at Rigby Field, you know your neighbors, you know the community that you're a part of, uh, you're there for the team. You're not just jumping on the bandwagon at the very end once the playoffs come around. I think that's important to a lot of people and to a lot of our fans. And so, you know, go to cubs.com slash season tickets, take a look at what we've got available and, and see if there's a plan that fits for you. And, and hopefully we'll see those folks out at Wrigley Field next year. I love it, Kale. Thank you so much for giving us all the insight. Appreciate you hanging out with us. And as always, cubs.com slash season tickets, whether it's a 20-game plan, which is something that I most certainly feel like you can take advantage of, or if it's just a couple of tickets. I think that the staff there, Kale, you would agree, um, whoever's answering the phones there is going to take it take care of whoever uh, calls in and asks for whatever they want for this Cub season. You would agree, right? Yep, we've got you covered. I like it. All right, Kel Venom, appreciate the uh, the time. And don't forget, man, Cubs, you know it. It's like gambling, right? Like you can you can make the bet right now for what it is you think the Cubs are going to do in the offseason. 
Like that's where you're at right now. Uh, and you can get that 20 game plan right now. Cubs.com slash season tickets. Make sure you take advantage of that. Uh, it might not be Kale, but it most certainly will be someone that is the equivalent, someone that can take care of you uh, for those Cubs season tickets. And you can hear every single Cubs game right here on 670, the score. When we come back, we got Mark Grody for 13 more minutes. That's right. Thank you. Thank you. I you finally you. have uh, accepted my terms. I know what you. I know who you are. I know what you. I already did. got a ticket tonight. I just worked out. I'm all sweaty. That's I got a fault. cat waiting for me listen, at home. Listen, between Hub and Grody, uh-huh. between who's worse at parking on the streets here? Oh man, I, I think Pretty I bad. favor I favor Hub's <laughs> parking. He's got a ticket. He's got a car towed. Oh. Uh, we'll try to avoid all of that, and then we will talk. Well, former Chicago Bear, Corey Wooden, what did he think of the Chicago Bears game against the Detroit Lions? And what does he think about the Bears moving forward? We all three get to talk about that next. Well, former Bear Chicago Wooden, excuse me, is former Chicago Bear Corey Wooden, Wooden on Chicago Sports Radio 670 The Score. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Oh, look at the pressure. That time it's Montez Sweat with his first Chicago Bear sack. In game number three since the trade from Washington, this guy's elevated the play of the defensive line. He gets his first sack. Well, watch his shoulders. Watch how square he keeps them to the line of scrimmage. That allows him to put his foot down and take that angle toward the sideline, cut off Jared Goff, and get him to the ground. And Matt Eberflus told us this guy has raised the or elevated the play of everybody across that defensive line since they traded for him. Gabe Ramirez along with Hub Arkus. Mark Grody hanging out for just a little bit. He said he has a cutoff time here along with uh, Corey Wood. Corey's on the East Coast right now hanging out with family. It's uh, Thanksgiving week, but we appreciate him for jumping on for just a little bit. Corey, you and I watched this game together. Um, you and I were talking deeply about this, and now you've had a couple of days to let it marinate. You and I thought highly of Justin Fields and his performance and we're very critical of the coaching staff. Um, how are you feeling now? A couple of days removed um, from the game, man. I'm I'm still feeling the same way. Uh, my thing is is you guys all heard the reports the day before the game how they need to see him in, in big time situations make plays. And Gabe, we watched that the last two drives the offense had the ball. They didn't allow Justin Fields to make any plays. They took the ball out of his hands. So I kind of just didn't understand that from an aspect where 
you challenge them the day before the game, saying, I need to see more from him. And then when the game's on the line, you don't put the ball in his hands. So I'm kind of confused a little bit about that. Um, that's kind of keeping me scratching my head because I guarantee you if they put the ball in his hands, those last two drives, when the game's on the line, they would have won that game. Him one-on-one on the defensive end in space all day. He, he had been doing that all day. You know, on the, on the run, the option to both run and pass, he, he was very productive with that. So I just didn't understand that. Corey, I'm curious, though, and it's Hub, by the way, um, he has a tendency to turn the ball over. And you've got a two-score lead in, in the last four or five minutes, and you should be able to kill the clock pretty much no matter what you do because you had dominated the game for, for, for 55 minutes. So I, I, I just, if you could explain to me, what was it that the coaches didn't call or didn't do that you think you know, caused them to lose the game? Well, I thought they were too cautious in that situation. Whenever you play the game too cautious, you're most likely going to lose. The thing is, Justin Fields, the first three quarters, we saw him with options to both run and pass, correct? And he was making moves. And even when he was one-on-one on a defensive end on his own read or when he had some boots, he had some sprint outs, even just regular drop-back passes, right? He was able to convert first downs, scramble plays. It just seemed like they were going toss left toss right and gun runs in situations where you're really trying to get first down. So in my opinion, I just think they were playing very conservative and it came back to bite them in the, you know what? Corey Grody, what's going on, man? How you doing? What's up, my man? <laughs> I'm doing well. Just hanging out here, doing a little extra time with these guys because it's fun to talk football with these guys. And you, you, my friend, you are the bonus. You are what is keeping me here a little bit longer here. So, so it's not me. Well, you know, hey, I'm trying to make <laughs> your guests feel me, good. <laughs> I'm trying to make your BFF. He got, he got enough. He got enough I, on his plate. He's I, good already, you just, bro. You ruined it all, man. Uh, sorry, sorry, sorry. Yeah, he's been living high off of Brett Favre for all these years, man. You know, <laughs> took, took took him out, and that was that. Uh, but uh, which we'll, I'm sure another day we'll we'll discuss and tell stories about that story another day. But um, yeah, I agree with. You. I thought Justin Fields played very well in this game, and you, we were just talking off the air. The three of us. The three of us are at best skeptical about Justin Fields' future here. Do you think that Justin Fields is, because it's the question of all questions, is Justin Fields the guy? Do you think Justin Fields will be here in three years from now? It depends how Ryan Poles feels about it, but I, Gabe knows this because I talk about this all the time. I, I think Justin Fields has all the talent in the world. I think the play calling has done him a disservice. It, it doesn't matter if he was in there, Bajan was in there, whatever quarterback, Lou Getzey has been so inconsistent with his play calling. And I think the last two drives of the game, and I understand what Hub's saying about Justin Fields, that maybe he was turning the ball over in previous games. Mm-hmm. My thing in this whole game, he played pretty well. The one time he held the ball, right, he took that one sack. I thought he had so much growth from, from when he was in a drop back, right? He was looking through his progressions. It wasn't there. He tucked it and ran. We didn't see Justin Fields holding the ball all day with the exception of that one. So I feel like he really played well, especially after being out for so long. So I I think he played really good. They should have won that game. I think he is the quarterback of the future. There's teams that would be lining up for Justin Fields. So when people try to say, oh, he's just another Mitch Trubisky, people weren't weren't lining up for Mitch Trubisky if, if the Bears were to trade him. People would be lining up for Justin Fields because of the talent he brings to the table. 
So how- he showed in, in games what he can do, but play calling has limited him. It doesn't matter. Look at Russell Wilson, Gabe. I was talking to you about that. Yeah. Look at Russell Wilson uh, last year with Nathaniel Hackett. Struggle. We're like, who is this Russell Wilson guy? He's terrible. Then come this year, right, they, they have a bad start to the season. He's still playing pretty good. Look at him now, the turnaround from last year to this year. It's been unbelievable. Why? Sean Payton. There's a big difference when you actually have a play caller that can script for you. We're talking to Corey Wooden, former Chicago Bear here on 670 Score, Gabe Ramirez, Mark Grody, along with Hub Arkish, talking to uh, Corey. Hub, I, I, Corey and I, I mean, I know Corey's brain. Uh, we've been doing it for six years, him and I, watching all these Bears games. Um, but but Corey, more even in some instances, more than I, is a homer in that he he believes in Justin Fields. Mm-hmm. He, he believes played in, for the Bears, so what, homer. Whatever. Like, so, you know. I know, Corey. I'm like, eh, whatever. <laughs> whatever. Whatever. No, no he, I, I will say this. I will be very clear. Like, I'm a Bears fan in terms of, like, fandom, but Corey is a former player still loves the Bears equally. God bless you. And and he wants the best for the Bears. Bears. And, and when we talk about this team, whether it is Justin Fields, the defense, you know, the wide receivers, the, the skill positions, we still struggle with how they can perform at a high level. But, Hub, you know, when I talk to Corey, I, I tend to think that, like, Justin Fields is not that guy. Right? And then when I say not that guy, I want to be very clear, it's a top 15 quarterback. Mm-hmm. In order to go deep in the playoffs, in order to be have a successful team, you need a top 10, at the very least, a top 15 quarterback. And Corey feels as though Justin Fields can be that guy. I, on the other hand, am ready to move on and and because I understand that if you don't have the guy and you have two first picks in the draft for two years in a row, you have to, t- to, to explore that avenue of, of, of taking the, the quarterback that can propel you and take you to the next level. You know, Corey, what I'm struggling with here is I think we all agree that Fields had a good game Sunday. Yep. He did. He played yep. very well. I three was for really, three in this room. really yeah. impressed, mm-hmm. you know, with how he came back from his four four weeks off. But could he have done that without Luke Getze giving him a great scheme? Without the plays that he called, the way he set him up to both run and throw the ball and do more running. I mean, I, I understand the good and the bad with with Justin Fields. But why is there no good and bad with Luke Getze and with Matt Eberflus? I mean, I think it should work the same way for everybody, shouldn't it? I think the, the biggest thing is what I'm, what I'm failing to realize is when the game is on the line, like I talked about, those, those two drives, where, where was all this innovative play calling? You played scared. When you play scared, you lose games. And I'm not saying do risky plays, but continue to do what you were doing. Allow him to drop back. Allow him to make plays with his feet. You were going toss right, toss left, gun run. What kind of play calling is that? That's what I'm confused about. Do you, do you not agree with that? Well, they played scared yeah. in those last two tries. Actually, no, I don't agree with that. And the reason is because if if he throws the ball and Justin throws another pick, he gets crucified. You know, if you if you in that situation. He did what any coach in the league would do. You've got a two-score lead with three or four minutes left, and your focus is on killing the clock and winning the game. It's not on trying to make another play. And that's why I have no problem with the way Zero. they called the last the last half of that fourth quarter. I, 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 I have a big problem with it. Gun run. And, Gabe, you know I talk we about We were there. I, I agree with you, Hub. And then Corey and I were disagreeing on this in real time where I was yeah. like, 
hey, man, but Corey, they're trying to waste timeouts. <laughs> Corey, exactly. they're trying to win this so, game. So, and Corey was like, so no. I, I understand about running the football, right? And I tell you, if, if they're going to run the football, two tight ends, you got one of the best blocking tight ends ever playing football, Mercedes Lewis. You got blazing game. Why not run a downhill run to Roshan Johnson? You know, I know Foreman was out towards you. Why not do that? Because when you run a gun run, Gabe, and I, I, I yeah. talked to you about this, yeah. right? You go sideways to then go forward. So if there's any penetration, that destroys the plays right there. So that's what I'm confused about. And yeah, then Corey, Corey said, had, Corey said, Corey said, as a defensive former defensive lineman of the Chicago Bears, he said, when I see a running back, this is what you told me, Corey. When I see a running back behind the quarterback. I am already anticipating that it's going to be a run as opposed to have that deception there, right? What am I going to do? But Corey told me, he's like, Gabe, shotgun run. I see the I see the running back behind the quarterback. I already know I am going straight to that guy because he's going to get the ball. So, yeah, and, and the thing is, in a situation, right, Justin Fields was your, arguably your best playmaker in that game. Can we not all agree with that? Yeah, most certainly. Yeah, right? So why not get him on the move with an option to run or pass something that he did efficient all day? When he had that option, we didn't see him have too many incompletions, right? When it, when when the defense gave him something, he tucked it and ran. So that's what I'm that's what I'm I'm failing to understand in that situation. You could have been conservative in a way where you get him to roll out and then you give him the option to run. Just say, hey, if it's not there, tuck it and go. Yeah. Right. If you have a for sure completion, complete it. Yeah. Simple as that. Yep. I just didn't understand that, right? He's the, arguably the best playmaker on the field. Detroit was worried about him running all day. I, I that that's that's the part I, I'm a little confused about. So, Corey, the one problem I have, and I think this is one of the few things I can say we have learned about Justin Fields, there are no sure completions with Justin Fields. I mean, he has not shown the accuracy. He hasn't shown the decision making, and and and, and until he does that then maybe I will trust him down the road. But so far, just haven't seen enough so, to be comfortable doing that. So what did you that. see in that game? What did you see in that game? What did he show show you in that game to think that he wouldn't do that when the fourth quarter hit? He had been playing well, no? No, no, no. But I'll say this. And you, Corey, you and I yep. watched the game together on Sunday. Yeah. Every third down, whether it was third and four, third and seven, yeah. We were holding our breath, not necessarily knowing what the outcome of the play was going to be. Where, and I mentioned it when you and I were watching together, you mm-hmm. know, when it was 34 and Tyson Bajan was in and they called the play, you were like, hmm, I feel really comfortable that Tyson Bajan could complete a four yard pass. You know, guys, I don't, I don't want to get into a comparison of Fields and Bajan because that's not true, fair to either true, one. Of them. I don't want to do that. Let's not digress but, to that. But what I would say <laughs> is that we keep talking about Flus being six and whatever he is. Okay, thirty-two. At least four or five of those losses are because Justin Fields couldn't do what he needed them to do in the fourth quarter, and and he didn't do enough for fifty-three minutes on Sunday to convince me that this time in the fourth quarter he's going to do it. And in fact. He didn't. He, he, I mean, it's not his fault that he had that fumble at the end of the game. I yeah. understand that. Yeah. But it still happened. You know, it's not his fault that he ran out of bounds and stopped the clock with four and a half minutes left when all they were trying to do was kill the clock. But it still happened. He doesn't get the benefit of the doubt. <laughs> no. because he, of, hasn't, yeah. he hasn't earned yeah. those rights it's yet. True. And, true. And, and you are right, Corey. He played well Sunday, but he didn't show me enough to say none of the bad stuff was going to happen again. But, but my thing is like this, right? If you're talking about evaluation of Justin Fields, right, which everybody is, the staff, Ryan Poles and company, Eberflus and company. So why would you not give him every opportunity? Because it's not like they're making the playoffs at this point to, for him to showcase what he can do. Yeah, right. 
I think they right? did give him every opportunity for 56 no, but, minutes. But that, that, that's where I disagree with you. No, 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 of course. He said, he, said, was... he said 56 minutes. Remember, he didn't say the whole okay, game. Gotcha, gotcha. Right. Okay, yeah, okay. But, but that's what I'm trying to understand, though, right? You, you want to see if he's your guy or not. When the game's on the line, you don't put the ball in his hands. What, what are they playing for at this point? Nothing. They're really not playing for anything. They're not making the playoffs. Well, you, and... you're, playing, you're playing to see if he's your guy going forward, correct? Coaches are playing for their jobs, and that means but winning games. But, but what, I'm, what I'm trying to say is you're trying to see if he's your guy or not, right? Yes, yes. Okay, so that's why, that's why I'm failing to understand why they didn't put the ball in his hands. Even, I, even running options. It's a really good, really good conversation, and I appreciate the, what you guys are saying on, on both sides of it. Um, if I may, can I ask a defensive question, or is that going to be anybody? Anybody have any objections in this room or Corey? I would like to ask a, a defensive I, I, question. I sometimes forget that Corey wouldn't play defense for the Chicago Bears. Oh, I, yeah. talk, I talk to him like he's my real friend, and I'm like, <laughs> Corey, you don't know what you're talking about. And then I'm like, wait a second, you actually play for the team yeah. that I'm cheering for. And then you take a step back, and you're like, I, we're just acquaintances I that work together at a bar. I literally apologize to him every week <laughs> for. <laughs> belittling what he did for my fandom. <laughs> I literally... No, hold on. To be honest, I literally sent Corey Wooden a text. We've been working together for six years. I sent Corey a text last week and I was like, hey, bro, I, I'm sorry, bro. Like, I know I treat you like a real friend, but I love you. And I, I thought you oh. were like a great defensive lineman for the Bears. I, right, Corey? Right? I texted you this. Yeah, and you, I was like, you, you I was like, I don't know if... I know I haven't texted you this in six years, but like, I thought you were amazing as a bear. Because <laughs> I treat him like that's a friend. That's hilarious. You know what I'm yeah. and I'm like, but I love that, him like a bear. I, that's what I sent you to clip of Kyle Long. Yeah, on the he did. Kyle Long. T- Kyle, did you guys see this? No. Kyle Long was on his uh, brother's podcast, and he was talking about randomly how Corey Wooten was the hardest person for him to block. Wow. Nice. And he said that Corey Wooten, that he would wake up in the morning thinking about what Corey Wooten was going to do to him in practice wow. and, and that he was already defeated by the time he came to practice <laughs> because he knew he had to go up against Corey Wooten, which, which as a fan, when we think about it, right, Corey Wooten was a really big, deep, like, I know you're on the phone right now, but, like, Corey Wooten was, like, a big defensive end for the <laughs> yeah, Chicago Bears yeah. that you, you expected to do great things for the, for the team. I got to follow up now to that. Corey, because just accept, just accept your compliments. Those yeah. are those are nice. There's really nothing. You know, I, you know, I hate. You know, I hate complimenting you. Yeah, yeah. No, so just take all that. It's all true. Absolutely. Now you have to tell me, and you got to be truthful about this. Did you and Kyle Long ever get into it? Because Kyle Long got oh. into it with just about everybody. Oh yeah. So so never never directly because you know. <laughs> You know not to mess with the big dog. You know what I'm saying? Well, you're kind but, uh, of a big dog, too. <laughs> you were at the time. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, one time he got into it with a defensive lineman. And I just remember, um, yeah, like he, he would get into it with a bunch of defensive linemen. And there was there was just a brawl. And I just remember him charging somebody. And I picked him up and slammed him <laughs> off somebody. Like it was just, yeah. it, it was it was just crazy. Every, it was chaos, <laughs> and everybody's going nuts. And and um, yeah, it was it was just always the fun. It was the funnest when people would fight, yeah. and then you go over and break it up, and you, you just you just, you just try to give somebody extra push or something. Yeah. But it was all it was all good afterwards. It's so funny I mean, because because <laughs> Corey and I we've become friends over the last six seven years. We've gone out like in Humble Park, Logan Square. We've gone out to parties uh, together. We drank together. Yeah. Do you always ever but, get kicked but out? I of the always place no, because no. I always look at Corey like 
I never look at Corey as like the six seven, six eight, three hundred pound former Bears defensive <laughs> end, right? Like I, when I'm hanging out with him, I'm like, "It's my boy." Yeah, that's my boy. So I'm always like <laughs> trying to belittle him, but like he, he and he's very humble when he, he he lets me. But then every every once in a while he'll grab me. <laughs> he'll grab Just me. Just a quick reminder. And I'll be like. Well, damn! This is this guy's way bigger than <laughs> way bigger than me. Right now. So I appreciate it, Corey. I've got one one more question for you. You're the only one of the four of us who has expertise in this area and, and are qualified to answer it. The Bears' biggest commitment during the off season, if you think about it, between the draft and free agency, was on the defensive line in the yeah. second round with the two players. Uh, yeah. You know, you look at the you know, the free agent signings and whatever. What is your vision of how that group has played so far through mm. through 10, yeah. 11 weeks. They're playing better now, but I'm mm. not sure that we're seeing as much excitement out of all the new defensive linemen as maybe we had hoped to yeah, especially with all the, that was spent on them. Especially the rookies. I want to yeah. hear about the rookies. Yep. Exactly. So 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 first about the D-line real quick. I feel like they played the run against the run really good, right? Major improvement for last year, which I think we all kind of thought, especially Billings has been awesome in the run game. Justin Jones. I think just as a collective unit and get to get to the rookies, right? When they drafted uh, Jervon Dexter, right? I was a little bit down on that pick, right? Because I'm just thinking of it. I think he's a great project, but I thought it's a great project for a team that already has defensive linemen, right? That already has established defensive linemen. You needed a guy to come in day one, ready to go, right? And Dexter has the size, the strength. But you look at the scheme he came from in Florida, right? It was a read and react scheme. So when you watch film of him in college, literally the ball snapped. And I counted a couple times. There's 1-1,000, 2-1,000. He gets out of his stance. So the quarterback has the ball, and then he's just getting out of his stance, right? That's, that's, that's the, the scheme for sure. But I thought that would be a hard transition then to a Tampa 2 scheme, where Tampa 2 is all about getting off, getting off, getting penetration in the backfield. So when I see him, I see he has the strength. He has the size. He has the speed. But still the get-off and the pad level, right? It's something as a taller guy I always battle as well. Um, we're seeing some improvement from but I just I just would have liked somebody that was a little more ready just given that you needed a lot of defensive line help. But he has been improving. He has been getting better. Uh, Zach Pickens, I think, was a little bit more ready for this game. We've seen, we've seen him flash a couple times. But I think there were a lot of other players that were more – scheme ready um, that they potentially could have drafted. Um, and then the pressure as, as the defensive line is whole, it's been tough, right? I know Sweat has been better with his, with his pressures. He had a big sack on golf. Uh, Yannick has, you know, he, he's been up and down. Um, we just really haven't seen the consistent pressure. And Gabe, we talk about this all the time. The Tampa two is all about rushing cover, right? If you don't have a great rush with four, it leaves the back half out to dry. And the only time they're really generating consistent pressure is when they bring, bring blitzers, right? And towards the end of the game, I was kind of scratching my head a little bit about how easily Detroit scored on those, on those last two drives. And there was just no pressure, right? Jared Goff felt very comfortable. Um, so I kind of just didn't understand why Flus wasn't bringing – every time he brought pressure with Sanborn and company, they were able to get the ball out quick, force some errant throws. Uh, so I kind of just didn't understand that. Uh, lack of pressure, yeah. uh, bringing the blitzers. I think we most certainly thought that the front four would be able to to get enough pressure um, as they had been kind of doing the whole game, right, Corey? I mean, I think that's ultimately what we thought. You and I were watching the game together. We thought that that would be the truth, you know, holding coming into the fourth quarter, and unfortunately it just, it just didn't happen. And 
And that's why you and I were both sweating it out, man. Uh, I appreciate you hanging out, man. <laughs> Whatever. I don't care about the Bears. I, have, 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 I know you're on the East Coast with your family. Yeah. I, I really genuinely, you know, I love you so much, man. I love everything you've taught me about this game. I, lo- I love just your friendship as a whole. And I just want to say thank you for that. And I appreciate you, man. And, and I hope you have a great Thanksgiving uh, with the fam and the kids. And, and just have a great weekend. All right. I'll see you next week. Appreciate week. you, brother. You you as well, man. I'm, I'm, I'm thankful for our friendship, our time together calling the games, you know, doing the broadcast together. It's been a lot of fun, and, and uh, especially on, on the weekly spots on here with you. It's been a lot of fun as a guest. And uh, good talking to you, Hub and uh, Grody. Uh, always a good time. And uh, you guys enjoy your Thanksgiving, and, uh, yeah, we'll be in touch. Take care, buddy. Have a great holiday. You're the best, man. Corey Wooten, former Chicago Bear right there, hanging out with us on 670 to score. Bears. Much appreciated to him. Make sure you guys follow him at Corey Wooten. Uh, you know, guys, we, we, you know, you, both of you have talked to me about this and it's, it's that, you know, you can, you can be in the locker room, you can talk to these players, but it's about like establishing that relationship with them, Mm -hmm. right. To be able to get the most out of them. And, and I'm very grateful. Is, uh, is Corey your coolest friend? (laughs) I gotta be honest, man. It is. (laughs) Is he the guy like in your phone that I'll, I'll tell you this, we were at, we were at, uh, crossroads in Mundelein on Sunday for the bears game. Right. And we're watching it, and and I predicted twenty six for the Bears. I said, man, they're going to kick a field goal, you know, because we talked to them between quarters for the Bruin View for Bears. I said they're going to score twenty six. I was like, it's going to be twenty six twenty one. And at the time, it was twenty six fourteen. And everybody's like coming down on me, me, because I predicted that score. Like, hey, bro, you better effing be careful because mm-hmm. this. And I just turned You're an cor- influencer. And I just turned to Corey. No, no. And I turned to Corey and I go, hey, bro, you can say whatever you want to me. But my guy Corey Wooden, my, <laughs> yeah. my guy Corey Wooden right here is not gonna let you talk to me yeah, like that. Yeah. And Corey stands up and he's six eight, three hundred pounds, and I was like, "This is the coolest thing <laughs> I've ever had to do." Like this guy got my back, no question, no questions. Hob, who's the coolest friend you have? Yeah, who's the coolest? Because because like that's pretty good. I mean, yeah. hanging Corey out with Corey without Wooten, question. no Corey problem with that ass for sure. Hob, Jim Harbaugh, maybe Jim's a very good friend. Yeah, but that's pretty cool. He's outweighed by at least one who. I lost about a month ago, but oh, no. probably Dick Butkus. Oh, wow. Oh, I didn't realize you were that close That's with Dick Butkus. Well, we were broadcast partners. Oh, I know that. Yeah, I remember right. listening to you guys. Yeah, no, you guys we, were great, man. I, I, I wish I never would have broken that up. Play? You know, he wasn't my best friend calling me every week to wish me No, I understand. Weekend, but, but you got close with the guy. Yeah, we had, we had a pretty good relationship. That was such a fun booth. I loved you in the booth, dude, <laughs> to be honest. I, honestly. That's like, awesome. Oh, yeah. I mean, like, listen, don't get me wrong, right? Like, I rock with Corey Wooten. And when he brings people around, it's cool. But that's my like singular relationship. Yeah, like, we're no, that's pretty. So cool. So I understand like when, with Dick Buck is like a singular relationship. The thing that was cool about my relationship with Dick is, is that I just we were broadcast partners and we were just friendly with each other. But I never, you know, asked him for anything. Never tried yeah. to get him to do anything, whatever. whatever. And he, he told me shortly after we, you know, became partners. He said, you know. You're the only one who's never asked me for anything. <laughs> You're the only and, one. And after that, we just got you know friendlier and That's friendlier, cool, and I got That's to know Helen pretty you. well, and Matt, yeah. and his, you know yeah. the family, and uh, yeah. tragic. You know, I mean. We get old and we leave, and we know that's going to happen. Yeah. Uh, but um, uh, you know, 
maybe the best defensive player of all time certainly yeah. in the conversation. Yeah. And just a really, it's still a sad loss that I'm trying to get over. That's pretty strong. The only, yeah. the only one that I have like that, and I wouldn't say that like we're going Justin out Fields. buddies. Yeah, Justin Fields, exactly. No, the one that I have, and look, I watched this guy when I was a kid, so it, it does make it, it does make it that, like that, that level is Ryan Sandberg mm-hmm. because oh, I was just you like got, a- You're cool, right? Like yeah, that. we're cool like that. Like I, like because he, when I did Cubs pre and post, he did uh, the first year, I think it was, tw- maybe it was 2016. He did the post game shows with me, so he'd come up there and look. I know doing the post game—that's so cool. <laughs> he was—he was—he was just Jenny from the block, man. Yeah. You know what I mean? He'd come up yeah. there and he was cool. And then we like he'll te- like occasionally he'll text me out of the blue, like, "Hey, go Bears!" or "Good luck in this game." I'll be like, "That's Ryan Sandberg." He loved people like that's that. That's Ryan Sandberg. Text him. Right? That's the only one. Yeah. Like, because I was a kid. Could you imagine Dude, that? Like, right a whole, watching the Cubs and like like that team, like those those, those Cubs teams affected me. Like as a kid, like yeah. the '84 Cubs, like that. It it was so upsetting. But of course, I loved all those players. And due to this day, I can name you lineups better than I can name current lineups. Mm. So having Ryan Sandberg <laughs> as a as a, at least a text buddy is something for me. I love it, man. Uh, and you know what? They are the professional athletes, and we are those that can uh, be in studio and mirror the sentiments of you listening right now. It's Gabriel Mears, Hub Arkish, Mark Grody, three I of go. the best in studio right now. But Mark got to go. Thank you. You're, you're, you're you. letting me, you're dismissing you. me officially? <laughs> you're lucky. Okay. You're Thank lucky. you. All hey, the way hey. back to Oak Park. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Oh, see, <laughs> normally I'd be walking home right now. I got to drive 21 minutes to Oak Park. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You don't need to ride home or anything, do no, you? No, you got your car gonna, here today? I'm okay. going to stop by your house on the way home, my friend. Oh, no, really? Oh, you know okay. what I'm going to do. Oh, man. All right. Uh, more Bears conversation on the way. Don't go anywhere. Mark Grody's out of here, but still, Hub Arkish and Gabe Ramirez continue until 9 o'clock. Right here on Chicago Sports Radio, 670 The Score. You know, you know. of course, you know, you can always guess the second part of it. You know, obviously, we've been doing a really good job. I think he had over 100 and some yards, right? Justin did. You know, not all of them all in scrambles and a lot of them on, yeah, 104 yards. You know, he, he did a good job. You're running that play, you know, prior to that, you know, and, and uh, he did a good job there. He read it correctly. So um, that's where it is. Gabe Ramirez, Course Hub Arcus here on 670 The Score. Chicago Sports Radio, just finished talking to Corey Wu, and then still a lot of thoughts about Bears as a whole, Hub. I think that when you talk about this team and where they are at, we know that they've been in a some sort of a rebuild. We know that they're in an evaluation of Justin Fields. And... After a loss like Sunday, does it feel like they're still on the same path? Or after a game like that, does it feel like it is more so of a top, top conversation that's happening as a po- You know what I'm saying? Like where the top, 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 we all have jobs. We all, have, we all know who our bosses are, where they are the ones having the conversation. Or do you think after this weekend, it's still like a... Um, communicative conversation between everyone that's involved with the success of the Chicago Bears. Well, you know, I understand the frustration and the losses. You're always going to have that. But for 56 minutes, they didn't just outplay. They pretty much dominated one of the three or four best teams in the NFC. 
if that's not a sign of improvement, I don't know what can be. Now, you know, figuring out why they, well, the it's not hard to figure out. The players didn't make enough plays at the, at the pivotal moment in the game. That's what happens with rookies. That's what happens with young kids. That's what happens with developing players. It's not okay. You know, I'm not excusing it, but, but to evaluate the job that they're doing based on that is, is, is missing the most important part, which is that for 56 minutes, they actually, after being the worst team in the league a year ago and even the first half of the season, they dominated one of the best teams. And that's wait, what you're trying to get to. Do they, do they in your opinion, is more lost because of the loss or is there more gained because of the of the effort against a top tier team in the in the NFL I don't think that there's more lost and I'm also not a big believer in that anything's really gained in losing <laughs> although you can you, yeah. you know and so I think in the moment no it's it's going to be ridiculously frustrating everybody's going to be upset everybody's going to think they have answers everybody's going to look for somebody to blame but by the time you get to Monday or Tuesday which is what's happened now. Yesterday I was at Hallis Hall, 10 feet from Flus, you know, and, and the players and listening to him. And, and they realized that as disappointed and frustrated as they were, that the first 56 minutes was kind of fun, <laughs> you know, and that that's the way they want to be for 60 minutes. And, and so there is that advantage. Uh, and, and as you start stacking those, which they've been doing, not stacking them, but they've had moments like that. And this was their best last Sunday. You, you begin to see what's happening here. Now, whether they can take it far enough, we don't know yet. You know, that's what we still need to learn in the next six weeks. But um, I don't think, you know, I, I think that they, I understand why, and I think they should have been upset at the end of the game Sunday. But by Monday morning, I think they were realizing that there was some good stuff that happened Sunday. Yeah. And now yeah. how can they build on that? Let me ask you this, Hub. You're looking at a game like that, and you're trying to take the positives away, but... Do the negatives outweigh the positives over after a game like Sunday where you mentioned 56 minutes of good football, of not domination, but just better play than the than than what some consider the top team in the NFL. But then the last four minutes happen. You saw Dan Campbell in his post game and talking in the locker room and and how you know, those are the conversations you have with winning teams, right? You yeah. say, hey, we fought back. We were facing adversity. And, hey, we did this. And those are the, those are the speeches we hear from coaches that, that coach winning teams. But for a Chicago Bear team that has gone from the cellar to where they're at right now and trying to figure out where they'll be next year, like how do you equate the two of those things happening at the same time? Well, you don't have any choice because they have to happen at the same time. You know, when you're trying to get from one place to yeah, the other, you know, you're, right. you're going through that period of change. But but the other piece of it that I think is is even more important is is, is realizing that it wasn't the coaches who lost the game Sunday. It wasn't the whole team who lost the game. It was the handful of players who didn't make the plays in those last four minutes to hold on to that 12-point lead. And it's what they learn from it and how they learn to avoid those things that can be a positive if they learn to avoid those things. That's up to both those players and the coaches, and that's what we're going to find out next week. Players, coaches, the team as a whole, I think that there's blame to pass around uh, because the Bears most certainly had a lead that the only way you could have erased it were we're with two touchdowns, and at the end of the first half, uh, the last two possessions ended up in touchdowns, and the ended up uh, second half 
Last two possessions ended in touchdowns. And, of course, that's where you want to grow, right? You want to stop teams from doing that so that you can be the better of the two uh, at the end of the game. And it's unfortunate that it panned out that way. Um, But we're going to take a break, and we are going to change gears just a little bit before we get back to Bears football. Cody Westerlin, Bulls reporter for 670. The score is going to hang out with us. Get an opportunity to talk about the Chicago Bulls and uh, what that start has looked like for them and maybe what direction they should be going in as the season continues. Cody Westerland joins the show next. Don't go anywhere. It's Gabe Ramirez. It's Hub Arkish right here on Chicago Sports Radio, 670 The Score. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Hey, 